Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Critical Conversations in the C-Suite. I'm your host, LaDawn Townsend, and looking forward to this conversation today, our guest is Joy Chudakoff. Joy is the leader for business lifestyle design for women. An entrepreneur for three decades, Joy is said to have the X-ray vision when it comes to helping successful businesswomen get from where they are to where they want to be. Before starting her own business, advisory practice, Smart Women's Smart Solutions, Joy owned a highly profitable company in the medical sales and marketing industry, selling that business at a handsome profit. For 15 years, Joy has been serving women as a professional certified coach consultant, skilled group leader, highly sought after motivational speaker, and thought leader. Her expertise as an advisor, consultant, and strategist is highlighted by the success stories and the results she generates for her clients. Joy is the host of the award-winning podcast for women in business, She's Got Moxie. If you have not checked that out, you must. Joy interviews bold, smart women, entrepreneurs who are flexing their moxie muscle when it comes to success in business. She's Got Moxie is ranked by iTunes as the top 100 podcast in business and careers category and the top 200 in education and training. Joey's podcast recently received the distinct honor of being a finalist for a Gracie Award. The prestigious Gracie Awards acknowledges outstanding team leadership and individual achievement for all women in media. The Gracies are focused on women who are making positive changes in all facets of media and entertainment, specifically for the advancement of women. Joy is also creator of the popular Align Retreat for Women Entrepreneurs. For the past six years, Joy and her team have hosted women from all over the world at luxury resort locations in Southern California for a two-day deep dive into their business strategy in preparation for the new year. Joy is also the recipient of the Platinum Excellent Award and the Founders Day Award for actively contributing to her local community. Joy has the distinct honor of being nominated for the Los Angeles Business Journal Women Making a Difference Award and is a member of the Leadership America, a small, selective group of businesswomen nationwide who gather on policies and decision-making for women. Leading by shining example, Joy integrates family and passionate work while teaching successful women how to do the same. Joy lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Greg, and their two teenagers and a mini labradoodle named Honey. Let's dive into the conversation on today for Critical Conversations in the C-Suite. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of Critical Conversations in the C-Suite. And I am so excited because I have a friend and mentor on today, Joy Chudakoff, who is going to not only enlighten us, but also share with us her insights of business and life and growing. And so if you have not grabbed a pen and paper, you want to do that, <laughs> or a note-taking device, because you never know when you could hear something that'll change everything you need in your business. Mm. So Joy, welcome to the call. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I was so looking forward to this. I always love talking about leadership. 
Yes. So Joy, let's dive in for our audience. For those of you uh, who are just meeting Joy for the first time, Joy, can you share your story and, and introduce yourself to us? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, and I'll try to make it uh, brief. This is my second, uh, second business uh, and uh, not my first. I've had this business, Smart Women, Smart Solutions for 15 years. Um, and prior to that, I owned another business. So I think what's a great way to start is to just go back, because I bet a lot of people listening or watching um, may have had this experience before or going through it now. Um, and that is, you know, I, of course, right out of college, went to work, uh, you know, in a job for someone. And um, I realized along the way, that no matter how hard I worked or no matter how great I was or my skills were, I was only probably going to earn a certain amount of money in that position. And I remember my boss calling me in to his office. This was in um, 1988. And he said it was around the holidays. And he said, Joy, we have, um, I have uh, some good news and bad news. And I said, well, let me, let's hear the bad news first, because I like to end on a good note. (laughs) And he said, the first thing is, is that we're not giving any raises or bone. We're not giving any raises or bonuses to anyone in the department this, this year, you know, at the end of the year, which are always, which they always had. We, I always counted on it. Um, This is when I was, you know, living in Los Angeles uh, in an apartment, unmarried, no kids at that time. Uh, And I said, well, what's the good news? (laughs) And he said, the good news is, is that you're doing a great job. (laughs) Like, well, gee, thanks. You know, so um, I, I went home that holiday season and probably much like many people thought, well, what can I do? Yeah. And I, I realized that even if I left that corporate job and I went to another company, eventually the same thing was going to happen again. So it didn't happen right away, but about four months later, a piece of um, paper crossed my desk that wasn't supposed to. It was supposed to go to accounts payable. So that's my first tip for anybody watching or listening. You have to always be curious and have your awareness raised. Um, And so I just happened to look at it, and I realized that there was a piece of equipment that these doctors that I was working for, I was working for a group of surgeons, this piece of equipment that they were using with their patients every single day, um, the insurance companies were paying a lot of money for it. (laughs) And so I looked on the, I went in the back and I found one of the machines in physical therapy and I turned it over and I looked at where it was manufactured and I picked up the phone and I called them. And I found out that what, what the machine cost versus what insurance was reimbursing, that you could pay for one of those pieces of equipment in full in one month after you owned it. Wow. So um, that's how my first, I won't go on, but that's how my first business started. It was very hard for me to get a loan. Um, I went to many banks and I know you have a similar story, LaDawn. Um, And I finally went to a very small boutique bank here in Los Angeles. The bank president at the time was a woman. She said, there's absolutely no reason to give you this loan. You're a complete credit risk. I didn't own my car. I didn't own a home. And she gave me, uh, she gave me a loan for $10,000. And that's how I got started in that business. Um, And that business went on to be very, very successful. I stayed in the full-time job for about uh, a little over 18 months. Uh, And then I went full-time in my business. And I've never looked back as an entrepreneur. 
um, that I don't own that business anymore today because that, you know, that, that business sort of ran its course in my life. Um, it became a business that grew. I traveled a lot and I had my first child, you know, I had my kids late. I had my children in my forties and, um, it wasn't a business that was really conducive to how I wanted to be a mother. So that is when I decided to let that business, to let that business go. And, um, you know, for the last 15 years, I, I, I learned through an, an article on the cover of Time magazine about 17 years ago that women were really struggling, that women were going to lead the world one day. This was 17 years ago. Wow. Women were going to lead the world, but they were really struggling in how to build businesses. And I really ha- didn't know, I didn't really realize that my head had been in the sand because I had been so busy for 15 years building a company. And I thought, wow. I have a lot that I could offer someone who's wants to build a business because I've just built one. Right. And, um, and so that's what caused me to go back to school to get, you know, certified in coaching. And we've been advising and consulting with women entrepreneurs specifically for the last 15 years. I love your story, Joy. And I, I've heard your story before in, in other uh, podcasts that you shared it. And I remember uh, when I heard it, I said to myself, this is a woman that I would want to know in my circle, just <laughs> the tenacity of not giving up. But what I love about your story is that you aren't an overnight success, right? <laughs> you are first year, 15 years building it ground up. Yes. bootstrapping it and then now having your uh, firm that coaches women for another 15 years so you've really seen the landscape of business change and one thing that I, I want to ask you is when it comes to business I think that there's a myth out there that this thing can be easy or you um, you know you throw up a social media page in whatever shape or form business you're doing but especially in the coaching and consulting space yeah. um, and a lot of business owners are finding that hey I got to build relationships and know how to sell and and actually have something of worthwhile to provide to my clients mm-hmm. can you talk to those that are in business now and they're probably in their just few years and it hasn't pop jet and they're thinking it's this is I didn't think it was going to be this challenging right what would you say to them from a business perspective first and then we'll get into the leadership Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's a great question so I think what I would say to someone in that uh, space is I always want to find out why did you start the business in the first place Mm -hmm. because if you if we start a business just to make money or just to for for something materialistic sometimes on the really hard days it's tough to keep going right but when you start a business it's something that you really believe in whether it's a product or a service and you really believe in it and you and and it's your story and it's your you know I talked I did an Instagram live this morning and I talked about your brand DNA you know Mm -hmm. when it comes from within you your DNA it's something you believe in it's a, it somehow it makes it a little easier to get up in the morning and keep going, even though you might've been pushed down five times. Yes. And I think that, you know, for myself, I'll just say that one of the, the, the biggest, I, I think things that I did along my journey in the last 30 years now is I've always had a lot of mentors. Um, I've always read a lot of personal development books. I've always surrounded myself with positive people who were ahead of me. That's another thing. You always want to be surrounding yourself with people that are ahead of you. And for those listening, if you're surrounding yourself with people who aren't entrepreneurs 
or people who the glass is always half full, this is going to be harder for you. Yeah. Because you have to be around people who are on the journey with you, who are committed to making this work no matter what, right? People committed who are, who are not canceling. Uh, you know, there are so many people now who are canceling 2020 because of what's been going on. You want to be around people who are not canceling, right? Exactly. Who, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I love how you talked about that, about canceling 2020. And what I think, and the reason that we have just transparent conversations, you know, if, if we could meet in person and have a cup of coffee together, we would. But in the time that we're filming this, Meeting in person isn't what it used to be and, and not really allowed, I think, in some circles or for people's comfort level. But this is just a transparent conversation about what does it really take to be a leader? You know, um, I had the honor of being on your podcast and shared my story of the many bumps and bruises and scrapes. <laughs> But that's what it takes. And I don't think there's enough of that dialogue around really growing a business to hit that 5, 10, 15 year mark. Uh, Voss is going on six years, will be seven years next year. And I still feel like this thing just started overnight. You know, you, you, you never arrive. So what you're saying is so true as to why did you get in business to begin with? And I'd like to shift gears a bit and talk to those business owners that are like yourself and they're established and you know, at the time we're filming this, we're in, you know, September of 2020. And we are in, I think, month seven of, <laughs> you know, dealing with COVID and, and, and not necessarily COVID. We never wish that we ever face something like this again, but yes. dealing with some type of crisis. And there are many established business owners that are struggling around the nation, around the globe. Mm -hmm. uh, they either weren't ready for a change in the industry or conversations I've had, people are thinking that they had cash flow or their employees were doing a top-notch job and they're finding that they're not. Can you, let's talk to the established business owner that is saying, I keep hearing this word pivot. I'm probably over this word pivot, yeah. but they may have teams. And I know you work with women who have commercial space and pro I mean, massive mm -hmm. overhead. Yeah. What, if that leader is thinking, do I just throw in the towel? Yeah. Or, sure, sure. or, or how do I keep this thing afloat? Cause that's some really heart to heart conversations that are happening right now. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What would you, what would you, what would you say to them? Sure. Sure. Well, I've had these, I've had some of these conversations with my own clients, so they're real. Um, so I think that a couple of things, I think for the established business owner who has a large team, who's running a larger operation, and when the pandemic hit, there wasn't a single industry that wasn't impacted. Every single industry has been impacted. And so what, you know, it's it, to give people sort of a visual for those watching or listening that are visual, it's if you could almost think of your business like being a puzzle in a box and maybe your puzzle had been well put together and it had maybe all the pieces except for a couple, you sort of had to pick, you sort of had to pick, take that puzzle apart. So take your business apart. That's what I did with so many of my clients during this time. You had to take that puzzle apart and you had to reframe and relook at the business and say, okay, and, and here is the silver lining for a lot of business owners in that position that have come out of that have come out of this pandemic. One is, you know, I had one um, one client who actually, because of the pandemic, had the time to take and <sighs> exhale, right? Mm -hmm. Because she was on this treadmill, and she realized that she had a division of her company that was really st very stressful. 
She yeah. didn't enjoy it anymore. And, you know, the profit margins were good, but they weren't great. Whereas she had other income streams where the profit margins were much higher, but it was also work that she enjoyed more. And she ended up, and I do, I don't know if this would have happened without the pandemic. She ended up because she had the time to really sit down with her accountant and her attorney. She found a buyer, someone who actually wanted that part of her company because they saw it as a real opportunity, right? And so she ended up selling off a part of her company that, and it's been such an exhale for her. Um, that's just, you know, one example. I think the other thing you have to do in a, in a pivot, something like this, you have to look at what's most important to me. What's oh. most important for me? Yes. To, right. Yes. So, I mean, I'm just, you know, me, LaDonna, I'm very transparent. So what was most important for me when this happened was this, I knew from day one, and that was uh, the most important thing to me right now is to save my team because my team has been with me for over a decade. Wow. Yeah. Joy, say that again. First of all, I love the I love that you said profit margin. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she's my people. She gets it. But we don't talk about there's a point where you're scaling, you're getting there, but there's a point you gotta look at the books. Right, right. Profit margin. And as you're now talking about what's priority, not your feelings, how you want your life to be, but also priority to have a team with you for over a decade. Yeah. That says so much about commitment in your own leadership. We could talk on a whole nother show about that, but but I love that you you're, you thought about them first. Oh yeah, I said this is the this is I will I'm gonna you know I said let me get my um you know my profit and loss statement. Let me look at every expense, but the team will be saved. Yes. So so we so I made I made um, decisions to cut everywhere I could, except the team. The team would. I always said to them, you don't have to worry. We're going to get through this, right? So that's how I took action on it. Somebody else, you know, we've heard of a lot of other entrepreneurs there or business owners of the larger companies. Their first, their first um, priority was to cut, yeah. you know, team. And I, and, I, and I, you know, we all make different decisions. But for me, you see, the thing is, after having someone being, two people being with me for over a decade, LaDawn, for me to to make that the cut means that my com- my business is literally going to be starting over yes. because I'm I'm working with a team that knows my they just they know what I'm thinking before I think it now, so we can move so much yeah. faster right exactly it's the rhythm that you build and I I I think that that's something that really needs to get the attention of leaders is when it comes to expense is it an expense yes but it will be even a greater expense if you don't have it because there comes to a point where you have to remove yourself from the day to day. And as you said, so you can really focus on one of the things I love about your teachings and just guidance is what do you want for your life? I think that's important for us as women to ask, but especially even for men, couples running a business together, Because when it hits the fan or it gets tough, I mean, right now we're going through it for seven months. Uh, I was looking at a press conference that the governor of California did uh, just a few days ago or last week, whether you're on the left or right, but he said, we are still in this thing. It, It was an honest statement. He didn't throw his hands up and said, I don't know what to do, but I think leaders really need to say, look, we are in this for the long haul. You know, projections from analysts were saying in April, oh, by September, we'll be back to normal. Well, hello, (laughs) we're here, we're not. 
Right. You know, we're telling clients and prospects, you need to be ready to ride this out, whatever it looks like for you through the end of 2022, really, yeah. you know, because you have to. But a piece of that is, I think, asking two questions that leaders who are thinking of folding or not wanting to fold, but all the circumstances maybe pushing them that way mm-hmm. is, what do you want now for your life? Mm-hmm. Yes. And number two, what's priority for you in business and life? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of course, of course, because if we don't, if we can't answer those questions, then, you know, we, we end up putting, you know, as the, the old saying goes, the ladder is against the wrong wall, you right. know, and that's, that's tough to deal with when you climb that and you find out, wow, I have really pain. It's kind of like when I um, had my first business, it was not conducive to motherhood. It required a lot of travel. It required yes. a lot of being gone a lot. And that was not that was that was, didn't work for me. That that isn't what I wanted for my life as a mother. So um, I had to make those changes, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that you know it's it's important as a leader. You know, we're talking about leadership and talking about team. And you know, in my business, because I deal with a lot of women who are scaling companies, um, this is a huge issue. This can this can take up many phone calls. <laughs> this, <laughs> this 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 thing called team and. Um, you know, I believe my definition of leadership is probably a little a bit different from many others, but my definition is, see, I think true leadership is, is your ability to bring out the gifts in others. Mm. See, that's what I think leadership is, is that when, when you, you are inspiring and empowering and allowing other people to shine, wow, like yeah. your job as a leader is going to be so easy. And I've, I never, I've never micromanaged my team. I, um, they typically have better ideas than I do. Um, you know, I give them lots of, uh, I give them lots of freedom. I don't, and I, and I think that more leaders, the, people need to be trained. They need to know what the mission of the company is. They need to know what their responsibilities are. But one of the things that I see, I think it'd be good to say here for your listeners is one of the things I see a lot of times happening in leader, leadership is what I call drive-by delegation. Oh, um, joy. That <laughs> just, oh my gosh. Can we talk about that? I mean, just the mere fact that you talked about team and having to train and, and training could take with a qualified person 90 days or six months. Sure. You know, if they're a strong seven, let them be a strong seven. Not everybody's a 10 and not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Like we need to be clear on that. Yes. But the drive-by delegation, oh, I yes. see that way too much in companies that we do process improvement work. In. And I'm like, well, how did they know they're supposed to do it? Drive by delegation <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. Right. Right. It's so true, you know? And, and so then we wonder, well, why is that? Ha- why is that? Why is this happening? Why isn't it getting done? Well, you hired them and then you left for two weeks. They didn't see you for two weeks. How, yes. are, how are they going to know, yes. you know, what to do? So, um, and it, there's just, uh, you know, building strong teams is really how you move forward as a leader because you, and, okay, but let me back up for a minute. And I, I see how it happens on this drive-by delegation. I understand how it happens because when we start out as an entrepreneur, it's typically just us, right? You're controlling costs. We don't have a lot. Uh, we're trying to prove our concept or get our business off the ground. And so we're what I call a renegade. We're doing everything, right? We're renegades. 
And then when you get your business gets traction and it's time to start to scale and add team members so that you can grow, sometimes you still haven't moved out of that renegade place, right? Yeah. And and so you have to, it's it's important that the leader move the entrepreneur move from renegade into real true leadership and oh. found and founder. Right. Yes. So it takes a little time. Yes. I love that that you talk about founder and, and really shift because that shifts the mindset as well. You know, right now, if if I'm a leader and I have a company that's been established and I've been impacted by whatever crisis comes my way, mm-hmm. I'm looking at cash flow. Well, I'll say you should be looking at cash flow, but not everybody is. And one of the things we teach, what is your cash flow? What is profit and in sales, like we, it's all three separate categories. You can't put it all into one or, or revenue, we'll say. Um, and revenue being 80% of that should be sales that come into the organization. But that's a whole new shakeup for another day. I'll leave alone. But, yeah. but being able to really be a founder, I think one of the areas that people struggle with is giving up that control. Like even as you just described your team, you know, they delegate, they come up with better ideas. That started with you as the leader mm-hmm. being confident enough to say, I don't know all that. I don't know everything and I'm okay with that. But, but trusting your professional instinct that you can pick up what's fishy or what's some BS, you can pick that up, but giving your people the room to do what they need to do. Do you find that leaders who are needing to scale even more or even sustain are battling with a sense of, is it control that they're battling with when it comes to team? I, I think that, yes, I think it's control. I think it's, um, it's that, that, uh, that micromanaging, um, you know, feeling like I've got this person to do the job, but no one can do it better than me. So I'm just going to keep my hand in it. Yeah. Um, I've, uh, thankfully, I've never suffered from that affliction um, but, because I always, I say, I, I say this really, and I mean it, I'm, I'm good at so few things that I just have to stay where I'm really, where I'm in my wheelhouse and where my genius is. And I got to give the rest of it away because I just don't, you know, I don't try to do it all. Um, But I do think that, and I, the other thing that I think happens is, but this is more for men than women is there's, there's also a lot of ego, you know, involved. And, and my belief about leadership is, is that true leadership, again, in, in bringing out the gifts in others, you also have to have a heavy dose of empathy and humility. And empathy and humility can, can, can struggle with ego. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think for women, it may not be ego, but it's a form of ego that shows right. up where it's self-sabotage, where it is, you know, no one else can do it better than me. Yes. Right. Um, it's, it's, I, I heard, I've heard the saying before, you can't like run this conglomerate and then, you know, you're trying to put the roast in the oven. <laughs> And pick up the kids and do the gluten-free cookies at the PTA drop-off. I I don't have kids, but I've heard the stories. I'm like, come on, people, who does that? Um, And so it's really this sense of what true leadership is. Mm -hmm. And it starts with what I I think if you do not address some of your own hangups, it's going to show up in your clients, it's going to show up in your team members. And it really can be the revenue block in the business is really starts with the leader. It does. I, I see it. I see it so many times where I can see where there's just this big clog. It's like a, it's like if you think of a pipe, and all of a sudden the pipe is kinked yes. because there's this issue there, and they can't let go. Mm-hmm. They can't let go, so other people 
can um, rise to the occasion. And I think that that's, you know, one of the things that my team has always said is like, you know, not at the time I didn't know it, but they would tell me later is that we would have a team meeting and we'd be talking about something new we're going to do in the company, a new initiative. And LaDawn, they would, we would have the meeting and I, we would go over it all and they'd hang up and they said, I never knew it, but they would say, Oh my God, this is such a great idea, but how am I ever going to figure this out? (laughs) You know, or how am I going to do this? Like, this is my team saying this. And what they've always said is that you have, you have always pushed us to do more than what we thought possible, not more in that working too many hours, but pushing us more mentally, pushing us more creatively to do more than what we really thought possible. And then they become very proud of themselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think as leaders, we do need to do that in all seasons of our business, while as a leader, we're still focused on the revenue generating activity, even if you have a sales team or a salesperson. Mm-hmm. So there's two, there's there's really two things that are going on here. There's the leader that's dealing with this needing to pivot in a place where it's profitable and not panic is what mm-hmm. I call it. Mm-hmm. Leading the team that they have, whether it's a team of 10 or two or 30 or 50 or even a hundred, mm-hmm. as well as focusing on how do we keep growing? How do we sustain the business? Because everyone has been impacted. I was reading an article that Ticketmaster, as of Q2 of this year, reported 98% drop in revenue. I'm not surprised. I mean, and they were, the article, I didn't finish reading all of it, but the positioning of the article was like, this is what happened. We're not running away from it. And this is what we're doing to fix it. But can you imagine being at the helm of that ship? Like, how do you even mm-hmm. rectify that situation? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the business development in the face of a crisis, because yeah. I think leaders who were, um, I affectionately tell my clients, Camelot is over. <laughs> yeah. um, even with the most fanciest marketing and website and gadgets and tricks and all of this that you can do, um, you are still going to need to have conversations with people. And before it used to be, if your price point, if it was maybe a $5,000 higher price tag, uh, I've talked to some mentors and some coaches and they're saying, we're having to have conversations with people for price tags under a thousand, like around a thousand mark, which never was the case before. And so as a leader, I'm trying to, you know, lead my team and let them be creative and and because that part of the business still needs to pump and grow you know even with our branding and marketing I'm I I, I took my hands off I said this is what I'm looking for (laughs) go collaborate (laughs) 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 um and but because the revenue generating is what needs to be focused on and a lot of leaders are shook up right now of established businesses not just the not just new early phases those that are you know, doing eight, 10 million a year, I'm having conversations and I can sense the hesitancy. I can sense the um, awareness. I won't call it nervousness. Yes. Because they need to find a way to bring in profits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What would you advise a leader who is saying, you know, they have to brush off their business development skills for everyone in the organization and really find a way to keep bringing in business? Yeah. Well, I think I think you've hit on a really good point here, Ladon. Because what has happened? You're right. Camelot is over, but during Camelot, um, people were resting on their laurels a bit, um, especially when it comes to the customer experience and customer oh, service. Yes. Right? Yeah. And customer experience and customer service 
is going to be, that is the one area every single person, every entrepreneur, every leader needs to focus on right now, because that is what's going to put you over and get people to buy from you and get people to want to come into your sphere, into your community is this customer service, which, you know, you were saying people are having to have conversations with someone who are going to make investments in something under a thousand dollars and people need to be reassured. People are scared. There's the trust factor. Um, And so, you know, the one thing that I have always maintained, even in, in, in Zoom land and in, in, you know, social media land, the one thing I've always maintained in 30 years, because it has never let me down, and that is my relationships. I have, you know, I'm dating myself, but the Rolodex, I have always um, been very cognizant that I am only as good as my best referral sources. And so I'm, I highly suggest to everyone you should be, you should be reaching out to your referral sources. You sh- and if you don't have any great referral sources, then you, that's job number one. You need to start building those connections, and um, because that's really how you continue to grow in times like these. Is you get other people, what I call, you know, your soldiers. I call my referral sources sometimes my foot soldiers, who are on, you know, out there on the ground referring people and talking about me. And guess what, Ladon, I'm doing the same for them. Right, exactly. It's a give and take and it's an exchange. Even if you don't know what'll happen with the opportunity, I do that all the time. I'm like, I'm not a good fit for this or I heard about someone and make a connection. Um, There's something that you said as a part of your Align program, which I'm so glad to be a member of. Uh And you started talking about this a few months ago of how people will remember how you showed up and how you treated them. It it is true. It is so true. You know, everybody's going to look back and say, wow, how did you react to the pandemic? And I, and listen, it has been, there are really no words for what this, you know, pandemic has done to, to so many businesses and, and people, health, people's health. Um, but if you're an entrepreneur, and I know you've probably heard me say this before, see, entrepreneurship is not about freedom and flexibility. That's part of it. But what entrepreneurship is about and leadership is about is your willingness to wake up every single day, willing to solve problems. And right. That's what it's all. It's about. I am willing to solve problems. Therefore, I am an entrepreneur. And and so this pandemic, what it did was it has heightened and made our problem solving skills grow. And it's really testing us as leaders. How many problems can we solve? And Mm -hmm. so. People are looking at you, they're looking at me, they're looking at all these other people, and they're saying, how did she or he react? And if you pulled the covers over your head and you were mad at everybody during the pandemic, guess what? (laughs) When this is over, they're going to be, they're not going to support you. Right. 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 And, and a part of that is as leaders are thinking about how do they show up, it's also how do you show up for potential customers and your existing customers with that next problem they're having? Like I'm always preaching about that ever for the past six years. It's been if you're only still selling that one widget or one service today, how do you know they don't need something tomorrow? You know, realtors is, is a prime example to use. Um, you know, you you have a client and maybe they're fresh out of college and they need to get their first condo, you know, and then, or it's a married couple. And then don't you think in a few years, they're going to need to have a bigger home, but do you follow up? Do you show that relationship? What's the next pain point that they're having? 
even if your client doesn't think that they have that pain point, it's up to you as the expert to say, based on my expertise, you are going to hit this wall. So this is what I want to help you with. And that really is what pivot is when it comes to our business. It's it's the pivot we as business leaders need to make for our programs, our services, our products. You know, we do live events. We're having to do them virtual now. So when it comes to pivot, how should an existing leader who's facing commercial overhead and payroll, and they might be leery on making a pivot because what if the pivot doesn't go the way they think? How they should, how should they even approach trying to pivot in their business to be profitable? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a great question. And, and I think in a lot of cases right now, some of these pivots actually will help them be more profitable. Because they're thinking, so so let me give you, I'm going to give you a, a perfect example. Um, you know, uh, Christina Stemble of Farm Girl Flowers. I had her on my podcast, but I've, I've also spoken to her offline. And uh, this is just, I think this is going to really hit home. So she has a, a you know, a flower um, business, Farm Girl Flowers. It's based out of San Francisco. Here's what happened, which is so such an incredible story in the pandemic. Um her overhead costs were astronomical. Mm-hmm. She was not profitable. She was um, losing money. But you know what? She didn't have because you know what? Running a having a, a, a flower uh, business with a huge you know warehouse in San Francisco is not a good idea because it is the most if 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 not the most it is in the top three most expensive commercial real estate areas in the country. Yeah. But there she was. That's where she was. That's where she started. And it wasn't, it wasn't going well, but what the pandemic, the gift, the gift, the pandemic actually gave her was an opportunity to say, oh my gosh, I can, I can leave San Francisco. I can open, I can open locations, you know, now instead of having one location that's costing her just one location, she's able to have three locations all across the country yes. in more affordable areas, right? Right. And and three places. So she's got orders on the East Coast. They can arrive much faster because she's got something over there. Now she's got something in the Midwest. Wow. This would have ne- and and so she was able to reformulate, reframe, rework her whole business because of the pandemic. So when these things happen, to, so to answer your question, the first thing you have to do is you have to sit down. And this is hard. This is hard when you have a business to have this conversation because you're getting up every day and you're working, working, working to grow, but give yourself the opportunity to sit down and say, okay, it's not working like this. What, how else can we make it work? Is there something else? Instead of seeing it as a square, maybe it's a circle, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, we have a local business right here in our neighborhood that has done a tremendous job at pivoting as a restaurant, they just completely shut the whole thing down in terms of indoor eating, outdoor eating, and they took that space and they've now used it to set up just a whole assembly line of, I mean, it's the only place everybody orders from around our neighborhood. They're making, they're doing so well, LaDawn, because they've got all the protocols set up that are perfect. They're doing such a much better job than anybody else in town. And they're now, they're known for that. Good. I haven't. I actually think they're probably doing better. Wow, than they were before. Wow, because they took the opportunity. What you said was, I think this crisis is making leaders really stop and think. Because as leaders, we just keep going and we do the same thing over 
in over and over. And you've been really um, so essential in helping even me to think about how can we think differently. There was the exercise you took us through where we, I think it was 45 minutes of just journaling and yes. asking deep questions. And that unlocked so much. So sometimes as leaders, we're so heads down into the same thing because this is the way we've always done it. Yes. But something that this crisis and any crisis that you really pay attention to will do it will help you to reframe your thoughts. And if you're not reframing your thoughts, I'd love to get your insight on this. If you find that a leader, what, what I would think is if a leader is not reframing their thoughts, mm -hmm. there's something that they're choosing not to see in the business. If, if we're not taking a moment to pause and say, okay, what's really, first of all, to look at the numbers, you know, what, what are we doing month over month and sometimes bi-weekly over bi yeah. with sales and profit, looking at really what the expenses are. That's an exercise we walk our clients through to actually pull bank statements for business and personal for 90 days and look at what was paid. One of my clients found something. She was a charge of almost a thousand dollars for some service she didn't know she signed up for. She was like, where is this? So that's the days of Camelot. Now we're looking at yes. a single thing. So as, as we, as we start to wrap up, you know, mm -hmm. when it comes to not taking a look in the business, if a leader thinks, you know, I need to just keep moving forward or what some larger companies are doing is saying, well, that's the such and such position's job, or that's the, this person's job. You as a leader, it's all of your job, everything. You, you have yeah. to make sure that you have your BS meter up yeah. <laughs> to make sure yeah. that, you know, is your chief operations person or your customer service person or a person or your finance person, what are they really telling you? What is it really that they're saying? It's your job to make sure, does it make sense? For leaders who are coming out of that and they're saying, you know what, I delegated the wrong things 100% to mm. the right people, but I was way off. I had my hands off way too much yes. and now I need to come in it. How should they start? Because that's yes. a sensitive situation. What I will say, and then I'll stop talking let you go and you answer, but what I will say is when leaders do that, be prepared to find things you weren't expecting in a good yes. way and a negative thing. You will find corners that were cut, you will find, you know, either a team that's really strong or team members that need to be let go. You, it, it will come to the surface. The rubber is meeting the road when you get back into it, really. Yes. And that's yes. what you needed to do. But how should they approach that if they've been hands off for way too long mm -hmm. and now they're saying, okay, I need to get back into my business? Yeah. Okay. Great question. Um, so I will say the first thing that a leader has to do before they go into any meeting is in these cases is you've got to look in the mirror. You got to get up in the morning. You got to look in the mirror. And the question that I ask a lot of my client leaders question, I ask a lot of times, and it really does stop them dead in their tracks. And that is, what are you pretending not to know? Oh, that's good. You know, what that's are you pretending good. not to know? And then, you know, one of the things that we do, I advise all my clients to do it. And the ones who do it are starting to sprint. The others are not. And that is, and it's pretty simple, is if you've had your hands off, you need to get back on, as you said, get back in there, get your hands dirty. And it starts with the Monday morning meeting. Okay. Mm -hmm. It starts with the Monday morning meeting. You have it. And, and what I, what I like to tell people to do is you, as you, as the leader is you need to right now, it's not one meeting with all hands. You can have that meeting, but what you need to have is all Monday morning, you need to now be blocking out 20 to 30 minutes in each department. Mm 
and you need to go into a meeting like you and I are here together and you need to be talking to that person to find out what's going on. You got to peel back the layers, got to keep peeling back every layer to find out what's been going on. Uh, you know, when they were living in Camelot, as you say, Mm -hmm. and figure out where do we troubleshoot? Because see, that's what people are looking for. People are looking for leadership. People are craving leadership. People are holding on every day. Bring me a leader. We see this in every area of our lives right now in the world. Um, So bring, please bring me some leadership. And you can't imagine my, my clients who have actually followed this Monday meeting thing, but not only the all hands, but each department, they're finding that their their team members, the ones that should be there, are, are just so grateful yes. because they've spent time with them. They're yeah. helping them. They're, they're, they're helping them ease their stress level, right? Mm-hmm. So it is so worth it. And if you take that time on a Monday morning, I'm telling you the rest of the week, I'm not going to say there are problems to solve every day, but it gets, it's a little, makes it a little easier, if you will. Yeah, I love yeah. that, Joy. That's such good wisdom. So this has been... I mean, we can keep talking for an hour. I mean, we totally could because, yeah. you know, we're so aligned on many things and your your wealth of knowledge yeah. around taking business and making it simple. It's not easy, but just thinking of it differently, changing the perspective is yeah. what I think is one of the biggest jewels that you bring. And then you go in deep. <laughs> you know, I love that you really do both of it. Tell us about your, um, how people can engage with you, what you have going on right now. Um, yeah. In case people are watching this and saying, I need some joy in my life. I need some joy in my life. Uh, yeah. What do you have going on with your business and how can people connect with you? Yeah. Thank you, LaDawn. So um, our business, you know, um, smartwomensmartsolutions.com. You can always also find me at joychudikoff.com, but we are a coaching and advisory company for um, women business owners who are established. Um, So you've been in business, you've proven your concept, you're out of the startup gate, and now you're looking to, what does that look like? You're moving out of that renegade that I talked about earlier, and you're really going into that next level of founder leader. Um, And for many years, well, I've always done hybrid work because I believe that's what works best. So we do group work and one-on-one, and it's always a hybrid, and we have different programs for that. But you know, honestly, here's, here was our great pivot for six years. Now, every January, February, we have always held what's called my align retreat. It was always in person. It was always for two days at a really, uh, always a luxury hotel here somewhere in Southern California. Well, obviously Mm -hmm. when the pandemic hit, we had, we had had our uh, align retreat in Santa Barbara at a beautiful place Five weeks later, the pandemic hit, and I immediately went into uh, leadership servantly, what I'm going to call servant leadership mode. I said to the team, we've got to start doing uh, Zoom gatherings for the women who were at the retreat, and because they had made these great grand visions and business plans, and now everything has changed, right? So we started doing these very organically. So remember, remember, I want everybody to hear this. It came from a place of service. It, there was no, there was no exchange of money. They had paid me for the retreat. These Zoom gatherings were complimentary. It was coming from a place of service. We started doing these Zoom gatherings, and what happened, Ladon, was we started getting calls, or I started getting DMs on Instagram or PMs on Facebook. Hey, Joy, we heard about this meeting you're doing. Can we, can we also attend? Mm-hmm. Now they hadn't come to the Align retreat, but we said, but they were women business owners, and we said, sure. 
So it grew from there. And so our pivot was we've taken a line and we've made it into a line online. So now it's an online private membership. And that was our big pivot, but it wasn't planned. Mm -hmm. It was, it was an organic pivot that came out of the pandemic that came out of a service mindset. And I think that's what I really want to communicate most here. It wasn't out of how can I get them to pay more? How can I get this or that? Even though our business was struggling, it's like, no, we need to become of service to these women. I don't know what's going to happen from there, but it has grown into something that's truly amazing. Um, So that's our pivot there. I also have my own podcast of which you were a guest. Your episode dropped yesterday. It's called She's Got Moxie. And it's on everywhere you listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, it's everywhere that you listen. And, um, and I'm always on Instagram. I do Instagram Live every Thursday. You can find me on Instagram under Joy Chudikoff, Facebook, Joy Chudikoff, LinkedIn, Joy Chudikoff. I'm not on Twitter too much. I'm not a big Twitter gal, but you'll find me on the other places a lot. Wonderful. Well, Joy, it's been such an honor to have you on today. Thank you so much. Enjoy it. Make sure you connect with Joy on every social platform. (laughs) Check out her podcast. Not because I was on it, but it's a great podcast. (laughs) Those of you that are women looking for that type of community, take a look at Online Online. I'm a part of that community. It's been um, such a blessing for me every single week just to have that place to come to. Uh, So it's been a great experience. But Joy, thank you for being on Critical Conversations in the CC today. You're so welcome. Always love to see your beautiful smiling face. Thanks, Joy. All right. Bye. Have a great day.